Welcome to the Outsider Theory Podcast, where we explore the mutations of theories outside of the authorized spaces of intellectual life, as well as the ever-alluring figure of the outsider. If you're interested in this project, please subscribe to the podcast and follow my work at OutsiderTheory.com and at OutsiderTheory on Twitter. I have with me uh, today Beyond Woke and Problematic, a anonymous uh, producer of memes and poster whom I have long uh, admired and whose work I've enjoyed very much. <clears throat> if you're unfamiliar, check him out at Beyond Woke and Problematic on Instagram, um, at Woke Beyond on Twitter, and Beyond Woke and Problematic on Facebook as well. So welcome. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, so we're going to be talking about theory memes. We're going to be uh, theorizing theory memes. And to start out, um, I wanted to read a little bit from a book called French Theory by Francois Cousset that came out last decade, um, originally in French in 2003, and then in English in 2008. So Cousset's book is sort of a a history of the dissemination of French theory in the United States from the 1960s up until the sort of end of the, the millennium. And uh, it's, it's in, you know, it's very much worth a read, much better than a lot of the stuff about, you know, the, the supposed nefarious influence of postmodernism and all that, all that sort of thing. Um, so it's, it's definitely a, a good read for anyone interested in that <clears throat> topic. But um, what I particularly was interested in, and again, this was written in 2003, but the way that it discusses the sort of unofficial um, appropriations of just kind of bits and pieces and fragments of theory, particularly by students in, you know, universities where they were maybe, you know, taking classes on this kind of content, but at the same time were, were sort of just much more playfully and, um, and sort of, you know, non-academically, um, you know, just uh, embracing these ideas as, as a sort of, um, as a sort of game and as a sort of um, way of, um, of, of both subverting, you know, the, as they understood it, kind of the larger culture that they were part of, but also of subverting the kind of official versions of those theories that were being handed down to them in classrooms. And so um, what I thought was interesting about this was that it uh, in many ways anticipated what you see today, which is an incredible efflorescence of theory on the internet, largely through the medium of the meme, um, where, you know, it's, it really is kind of chopped up into little, you know, fragments and just circulated in all sorts of fun and crazy and weird ways. Um, so anyway, I'm going to read just a little bit from this, um, this book, French Theory, where it sort of introduces this uh, original process that, that I would argue in some ways anticipates the um, sort of memeing of theory that we now see today. And he's, again, talking about sort of the 1980s, 1990s, when, you know, um, theory is becoming big in the American university. And... Um, 
I'll just read a couple of passages that I think are kind of suggestive. So uh, the first is, quote, the language and arguments of the theoretical approach lend themselves much more readily than traditional methods to the development of insiders' codes and playful reappropriation. They're better suited to the empathetic and lighthearted qualities of student conversation. And it's free use of tactics such as name dropping and spontaneous association of incompatible concepts. A heady collage of notions in which thinking up the most incongruous combination is a mark of intellectual ease and brilliance. The referential chain was broken or seriously compromised. It was no longer necessary to present the credentials of works one has mastered or canons one has studied to make an attempt at theorizing oneself. So that's a passage that very much sounds to me like it could be talking about sort of Instagram today. Um, right. No, that's like, uh, it, it's almost, it almost reads like a manual, uh, <laughs> theory manual. If it, there was like a manifesto, it, it, it would be plagiarized or paraphrased or quoted. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it's interesting too, because right, right, this came like, this is right before memes and before social media. Um, it was kind of like the analog version and then like the digital version where I think of like, you know, Deleuze and Guattari, like kind of theorizing like cybernetics and, you know, uh, the internet before the internet, they were like speaking the same thing. Uh, and I guess kind of almost like hyperstitionally, uh, you know, created it from, the, from the past or from the future. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah, that was pretty much exactly my thought when I was, um, reading this book not that long ago. And just another passage to kind of um, seed the conversation a little bit more, um, which I think talks about this moment, this original moment when, you know, something more like, like the, the prototype of what people like yourself are doing um, is, is initially kind of brought into play. Um, so it says um, to do, you know, to, um, to do so requires methods of reappropriation and reactivation of the texts and the aid of on autonomous non-professional voices. Um, starting in the mid 1990s, the growth of internet use and student websites created a medium through which students developed alternatives to the linear approach of publications on paper. Entirely new ways of using theoretical discourse stimulated by the possibility of breaking up the text following the impulses of web links, reframing it in a comical sequence or an interactive dialogue, and substituting the modular logic of the network for the argumentative principle of theoretical texts, or even creating visual or audio variations on a concept. All of these were ways of demystifying intimidating texts, appropriating the aura of great authors, and using the means available to hijack the dominant theoretical discourse. So that's another one that I, uh, that I thought was very resonant today. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's more about you know the the prehistory of of today because it is really about the first you know these kinds of zines and websites that were springing up in the '90s that that in many ways kind of anticipated a lot of what you see today. Right, right, um, right. No, definitely. And even on um, early, early on in Facebook, um, like it's totally unrecognizable today. But like I, I remember in like 2000 four or five uh, when they first started uh, groups were big things and I, I even saw like yeah. seeds of it there like some weird like Deleuze groups uh, and like weird um, not just groups but groups like inhabited by like kind of joke accounts before like they cracked out on that and so they would have like being and becoming and um, and you know I don't know they it, it was like a pre-meme uh, 
yeah. like kind of uh, theory culture. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was curious to get, you know, because Cousset, again, is writing in the sort of right around the beginning of the, the aughts. Um, so, I, I mean, you know, you just provided um, some further history. Um, I'm curious to get your broader sense of, you know, if, he's, if his cutoff is sort of around 2000 when you have these kind of zines and websites and things like that, but you didn't have social media yet. Right. No, I think the social media was, was kind of, you know, it was an accelerator. To, it, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was all there kind of like, yeah, like you said, it was all kind of the seeds of it were there and it was happening uh, and on the sides. And um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Social media, and, you know, not, not just social media, also, I guess, for image boards like um, Reddit uh, to some extent and uh, you know, Twitter and whatnot but um yeah no i i saw i i would say a lot of group a lot of facebook groups believe it or not um that's where i, I saw a lot of them mm -hmm. uh spring up like the the zizek the slide of zizek dank ideology meme uh i think that that's classic anybody who's like seen like a philosophy meme is probably like seen that like or seen that early on or if they you know have seen one at all they've seen like a freud one or yeah a con one um but yeah no they a, a lot of them uh yeah i i would say facebook um uh yeah i don't know yeah I, for me personally like i uh i, I go even before the the internet i, I wouldn't say they're the same thing even uh kind of what so was talking about but like kind of like my inspiration well not inspiration but influence uh or thing that like caught me got me interested in kind of like this type of like French theory was like uh, in, in high school, like the, the summer before college, I was in the bookstore and I, I was in the philosophy uh, section. I didn't know anything. I, I, you know, I barely knew like what, you know, what, what a Greek, who the Greeks were uh, or anything or Plato or Socrates, but I saw a book, like an, I saw those animated, uh, I don't know if you remember this kind of dating myself, but like those intro, those animated introducing postmodernism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like they were like kind of crudely drawn comic book like uh, explainers, like yeah. uh, to like you know Foucault, and they, they had a whole existentialism. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that hmm? I had a few of them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I, I, I yeah, this one, the Marx for Beginners, which is kind of a classic because it's um, you know, it's Rias, the who's like a famous i think mexican left-wing cartoonist okay yeah yeah yeah. First one that i came upon but then yeah i remember those being very big in the 90s um you know i remember just i mean i i definitely had a, a collection of a, a few of them and um i remember them circulating a lot yeah yeah i, I even uh sometimes i when i was in the city i, I would go to the um the strand kiosk and they have books out uh, in Central Park, and uh, I, I, I saw them as recently as like like a couple years ago. Yeah. I almost picked one up, but yeah, no, those are, I mean, those are great. I mean, they're not like you know um, super scholarly, but like uh, for somebody who you know off the you know somebody who uh, to anybody, it's kind of like uh, that. Kind of had that same function as like uh, maybe like uh, an entry point. Uh, but something that would grab your attention, you know, is competing with, 
with uh, other types of media like why would you be interested in uh, you know french academic discourse totally yeah. and, and they were kind of similar in the sense that they had um you know they'd often just have like a picture like a funny cartoon or something with you know just a famous quote attached to it right right kind of jokey and um, <laughs> so yeah i think that's that's definitely a kind of proto meme as well um, yeah uh, definitely yeah that's yeah that that's um this makes me think i should dig back into those because now that i think about it they were kind of influential on me as well and um you know they're, they're kind of in terms of what Cousset is writing about they're just the kind of unofficial circulation right ideas and how they're kind of you know the, what's the the sort of low barrier for entry um version of them right now very much the the meme version of them but um back then that was sort of a an equivalent yeah so what was your path so you know you you were sort of i i guess discovering the facebook you know the sort of various dank meme stashes or whatever (laughs) And, and then um what was your sort of path into starting to make them um and just, you know, what, what was your, how did you get so um, deeply involved in this? So, uh, yeah, uh, um, so like, it's a good question. Like, so like, it, it's kind of like a feedback loop, like a positive feedback loop. Uh, and, and this is like, I hear this from like a lot of people who like, follow me or, or start making memes or, or start getting into uh, philosophy in general or theory. Uh, but they, um, they, so, okay, let me, let me go back a little, uh, how I got into like, you know, this stuff at all. So yeah, um, I read that stuff in high school and then in college, I had like a friend who, uh, who had a way better handle on this stuff than I did. And he was obsessed with the lose and, uh, like chew my ear off. And like, so I, I didn't like read. So that was like in like the mid aughts in college. And I kind of like, I don't know, graduated in like a couple of years, passed on a uh, passed by and like I, I think on facebook uh like i mentioned that the, the i saw like a zizek uh meme page and i started seeing like lacan and freud and, and marx uh all related uh you know everything in the the z- kind of i was still like kind of in like my zero books like period of uh, of like leftism yeah. uh but then i saw like i said i saw i saw this one group the about to lose the dank to lose the sorry the dank the, the, the lose is dank war machine mm-hmm. uh, i'm still active on it uh and yeah that was just like it wasn't it was a group and just people would just make memes and discuss it and i saw some memes that were like crazy and I'm like all right one day i'm gonna understand that and i went back uh i think from like 2016 17 i just got I don't know. I got interested again in memes. I think it was around the time I started reading Mark Fisher and I started seeing like kind of some Mark Fisher memes and then Nick Land memes. And like, I think everybody knows Nick Land as like a meme, yeah. like first. <laughs> uh, and then as like, you know, I think they know him as a meme and then they, they, they're kind of sucked into, you know, reading him through memes so they can like, they don't have like that FOMO uh, to some extent. Uh, like like kind of what Kusei was saying, it gives you like, it, it, it's kind of like having like, it is kind of like magic, not magic, but it's it's like like advertising or 
like it's you have like a text and it's also like some currency but anyway sorry i'm digressing um so yeah so i don't know i uh, I just started making memes on facebook posting in this group and then sometime around like a year and a half ago i think the fall of 2000 or the end of the summer of 2019 or 18 or i forget whenever it was that face uh sorry instagram i guess had acquired Facebook had acquired Instagram, but they started using the stories funk uh, feature that they, you know, took from Snapchat. Uh, and I just started sharing, I think, mostly Facebook memes from groups um, and then some just screenshots of like Nick Land's Twitter because they were like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I just like random music I was into. And I, I just I started on my uh, main account. I had like 300 followers and i had that account forever and I, instead of just starting like like with a new account i just started with that account on my main uh archive like most of my personal photos and then uh started sharing photos and sharing memes sharing stories and then posting memes on my instagram that i would like make for facebook groups yeah. and then at the time there wasn't uh, a lot of people do there were some there were some instagram accounts uh some sorry some meme accounts that were there already but it was nowhere like what it was now it's like so much is like grown in the last even like last nine six nine months yeah yeah it's uh, really explosive <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah before i was on instagram it was uh the losing dragons I think he had an Instagram account, but I followed him on Facebook. He was like, um, I think he got, his account really got me like, it was like the the theory meme pill, I guess. Because he did like, he he would have this kind of like tournament, like D&D style. I don't know if he had Bakhtin in mind, uh, but like kind of Bakhtin's, uh, so uh, Bakhtin was a French uh, theorist. Uh, he had a theory, uh, he took Dostoevsky's novels and he had like a theory around them where he, he would have different ideological, you'd have characters that represented different different ideological worldviews and they would like battle it out right, right. Uh, in like a dialogic way. And I don't know, I, in the back of my mind, that's kind of what I do. That's kind of what he was doing with this tournament. He would, ha- uh, you know, he would have like some, you know, Heidegger versus the lose, but, you know, it would be like... In, recast in some like mythical metaphysical language mm-hmm, right um but anyway so yeah that that's kind of how i that, that's how that's how i started my like instagram account uh and then uh i think around quarantine i don't know a couple i made a couple of memes uh and they went like semi-viral but i think like around quarantine things like really picked up yeah. and you had like um again like what Crusade was like kind of describing like you had a lot of uh, a lot of like just bored like quarantine like high school you know, high school and college and you know even post college age uh, young people uh, just you know with nothing to do and like with all these I don't know all this free time. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Um, I mean, it, it's incredible how much it's accelerated uh, in the past year, as you said just and it, you know it, it does seem like there are a lot of like those fake accounts that just don't you know they post like two things and then 
Right. That's it or something. But um, <laughs> it's incredible how many there are. Right. Um, yeah. I guess uh, this sort of leads to um, my next question or sort of topic I wanted to discuss with you, which is, you know, I mean, when you think about this, right, we, you already brought up kind of positive feedback loops, you know, as sort of a way of describing your own process um, in, in becoming involved in sort of meme production. <laughs> right. Um, and then we can kind of see how there's this like accelerative tendency that we've observed. So, you know, that there's one level in which we can say, okay, well, it, it, it makes sense that these kind of accelerationist figures like land must obviously are sort of congenial for this world because they're, because it is itself a kind of accelerative process. Right. <laughs> so I don't know if you have, do you have further thoughts about that? Just, um, you know, the, the way that the, the actual production um, and dissemination of the memes is, is both related to the content of some of the theories that they're about and also that the theories that they're about might help us think about the, the sort of production and, and spread. Ooh, yeah, I mean, uh, so many, uh, like the memes are so fertile. You can, you can have like a, a Marxist materialist account of uh, like semiotics or maybe something akin to like the um you know the situationists and like uh uh you know their concept of uh the torment or you know mm -hmm. uh but you know uh also yeah with the losing watari uh because it's all about like strata hopping and the umwelts and uh you know, lines of flights and like the production of concepts uh, and the pr production ideas, the production of memes, um, you know. But it's funny too, uh, they are kind of like a currency. Um, and also in like, you see, I don't know, even on Twitter and like Ray Brazier would argue that nothing on a blog or Twitter is philosophy, but yeah, you see, uh, I don't know, I've been following kind of like the these kind of like feuds, these like fights between like different philosophers on Twitter, right. and like some of them are even like kind of taken to making memes themselves as a as a kind of like a way to weaponize them. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I don't know if you follow uh, like Reza Nagarastari and like Nick Land. Yeah, yeah. Like they've been, you know, uh, it's like nothing new, but like a couple of weeks ago, like. Uh, like Reza like posted this like really <laughs> I mean it was more powerful I mean you know, I, he wrote like a book uh, where he kind of you know um, shot uh, what do you call it he, he kind of um, subtweets like Nick Land basically mm -hmm. uh, and you know with you know, more a little more rigorously but uh, you know it's like a huge book and like it's it's uh, the meme, the picture itself. Like the, he, he, I think I don't know if you saw it, but it was like something attacking like Nick Land's like neo-reactionary uh, monarchist like trajectory, and it was like a picture of like an inbred like Austrian uh, noble with like a with like a with like Dar the book of like Darwin on it. Right. So like 
right so yeah i don't know it's crazy it's it, memes are like you know they're they're kind of you can yeah they can just be like throwaway uh you know uh you know garbage or a big but yeah they have like they they, they can be weaponized too and it can be yeah. uh put to other uses but yeah i mean i'm i'm interested in uh you know, one way, one way, I mean, and this is something Kusei says that, that they, you know, that there's a kind of appropriation of the aura that can happen just by kind of deploying a name or a brief quote or something like that. And I mean, I, oh. I feel like I see that happening a lot of just the kind of, you know, a lot of these thinkers are sort of not necessarily, I don't know, you know, they're far more widely memed than they are read, obviously. Right, right, right. What's going on there? Well, I think you know you can think of it in terms of just the, the that appropriation of the aura that somehow the, the thinker acquires some kind of aura that can then be kind of deployed. Um, you know, and and it's it's in a sense citational, so it's not it's not totally different from what happens in academia, right? That, that right the way that citation functions as as that as well in a somewhat different right in a in a more you know, serious, less sort of playful register, but. Um, well, I do get people uh, not quite there yet, but uh, almost asking for like citations on memes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's uh, I do think, you know, I'll be interested to see where it goes because it's, it's so much, um, you know, to me there, there's kind of this period of, I mean, and I, I'm, I'm sort of interested in this period in the 80s when like theory, I think particularly like deconstruction had a lot of sort of cultural cachet. Yeah. And, and not necessarily the people read the books, but just that the, the kind of language of it was deployed all the time. There's right, a, intuitively. a book about Paul DeMann that, that I don't like that much, but it's, it's kind of good at, at pointing to this phenomenon, this um, called signs of the times. It's, hmm. it's, I, I don't like the book very much, but it's, um, it's kind of good at doing a sort of cultural survey of just the, the kind of popularized circulation of these, you know, these kind of memes or just these kind of fragments of deconstruction that circulated in pop culture in that period. And, you know, then you could say like in the seventies, there was also a sort of, um, you know, particularly in the kind of counter, you know, punk and adjacent countercultures. It's, and that's when you first had like semiotext. Right. And, it, you know, it seems like there was this kind of, at that time, it was a little bit more subversive, but there was just this kind of pop circulation of, you know, Deleuze and Guattari and people like that. And yeah. um, so it, it seems like, you know, we're, I would read it as we're in another period when suddenly that's just become incredibly big and bigger than it was like in the period that Cusset is writing or you know, it, it's just, my, my impression is it's just grown massively. And, right. You know, the, the canon is a little bit different because, I, you know, the, the sort of outsized presence of like CCRU-related figures. Yeah. Thing, um, yeah, CCRU and like Zizek too. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's it, it seems like we're in another period when there's something... Um, that you could compare to those earlier moments happening, but you know, using different tools and with, with a somewhat different sort of canon. Do you have a? I mean, I'm I'm also curious. Like, 
I was glancing through your some of your content and you know there are certain figures like uh, Max Stirner, right? Or like weirdly, you know, you know who like when I was in college or grad school, like just like no one talked. You know, you'd they'd occasionally get men he'd occasionally get mentioned as just kind of somebody who's right. basically you know in the same period as you know Marx and other people, but. For some reason, it seems like Stirner is just this like total, like ubiquitous figure in this whole. Yeah. So well, what, he, do you, what do you think explains like why certain of these figures like have seemingly only come into their own in a sense, like in the meme format? <laughs> yeah. Well, Stirner is it's is interesting. I mean, just historically, I'm not like a Stirner scholar, but he seems to like come in and out of like pop popularity depending on like the the, the time uh i guess i mean i was like uh i guess like the post left the insurrectionary post left um you know the anarcho primitives period is uh he was like very big in that like in the 20s and the 30s but it was also influential like in his own time kind of influence like you know everybody from like Uvola to Nietzsche and you know people think it's like actually uh angles uh, I don't know he has like so much he has he already has like so much mystery around him there's only like two photographs people think it was angles he had this beef with Marx and he has that funny you know cartoon uh of him and so that's just right off the bat that's like just ready to be like put on a t-shirt uh, I'm surprised I didn't see like more of that in the '90s, but yeah, he seems to come around when people are, uh, you know, I come from the left, or I'm still a leftist, and uh, I, I still consider myself a Marxist. But I think like he comes into popularity when people are like kind of even like kind of I don't know dis, uh, disillusioned with with like the left or disillusioned with like Marxism as a whole. Um, yeah, I, you know, that's probably like a lazy reading. There's probably like a lot of, but you know, he like he, I don't know, he he is a very, a lot of people have tried to to claim uh, Sterner, I guess. But um, yeah, no, he's he's really, I don't know, yeah, he's I I made a joke like on my uh, my account, like I just called him like the f funny ego man. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just, an, I mean, and there's like um, another interesting. One, I just going through your uh, your account. You know, another interesting one is um, Dugan because he's really uh, um, he's, you know he hasn't been translated that much, and he's like he doesn't really have much like official recognition in academia or anything like that, right? Yeah, no, incredible exceptions. I think meme, meme culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dugan. Um, yeah, no, there's. I think Michael Millerman, um, he's one of the few exceptions, like actual like American academic or not, sorry, he's Canadian, but um, you know, whatever, Western, uh, whatever you want to call it, academic, uh, taking him seriously and not just like writing him off as like a, a scary, like uh, Putinist, like third positionist or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't know. He's, he's just, uh, I, 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 like, I don't like full full sale like endorse him. You know, he's obviously like pretty problematic. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. He his so he like a year ago he came out and 
uh, made, made this crazy video um, of him like talking about Nick Land's Dark Enlightenment and how it was like a blueprint to like the for the globalists and he was just playing and then then the corona thing happened and he like made this other batshit post about like covid and corona chan and like called uh, greta thunberg like an eco-fascist basically or a deep ecologist uh and I'm like wow there's something and then i checked his facebook and his facebook is crazy because you have like these you know weird like posts about uh like ebola and, and you know uh and then like and you have like this weird you have him with like a, a, a cutesy kind of um lisa lisa frank type like it like meme with him and like uh you know a kitten <laughs> uh, so he's just like i don't know he's an interesting guy um i, I guess people are he, he's scary because he's people you know i guess they uh i guess they see like a red red brown alliance but he's like really interesting because he's kind of woke in a way right. and has like better gender politics and racial politics than you know people would think yeah, yeah. um so I don't know. I'm just kind of interested in him uh, as as a figure in his thought uh, where like the left is going because it's kind of like fractured or beyond like I don't know. It, it's 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 interesting seeing like where everything's going. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, Dugan's just like he's he's caricature and he's very interesting and yeah. Uh, memeable too and not, not, not a lot of people have meme, memed them i guess because yeah a lot of his stuff isn't in english uh, a lot of the stuff i do you know even his like blog posts uh i have to like i just machine translate it right right but yeah. um i mean because it, it's he's interesting to me just as somebody who's like not you know i don't think there are particularly many translations of his work um, so, you know, his reset, you know, he's having this kind of massive, unofficial, kind of playful reception right. in, the, in the Anglophone world, like almost entirely through this kind of meme culture, which, um, <laughs> you know, makes him an interesting figure just for that reason. Um, yeah, it's also funny that he was connected to like the sort of not you know the actual like nazbol like the national bolsheviks in the 90s right and right yeah who were themselves kind of these like situationist sort of right as i understand i mean i read this um that limonov by um career yeah that, that particular guy who was super yeah fast. he was he was a he was a madman as they yeah. say <laughs> so um Anyway, so it's it's uh, it's an interesting, but he, you know, I guess like Land and Reza is also interesting as somebody who's like participating in the the meme culture, uh, right? <laughs> which, you know, makes them, um, you know, obviously you have you have someone like Zizek who was who sort of was a meme like a walking meme, right? <laughs> the meme exists and kind of created his own, you know, kind of mystique. Of sorts that um, 
you know, be, that, that made him into a kind of pop culture figure as far back as the 90s. Um, so, I mean, he's obviously like a crucial figure for this, but he's, he's also very not online, right? He's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, weirdly <laughs> enough, he's like, he, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I only he does like interviews and um, I guess Red Scare and uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, he he yeah, no, he doesn't have a Twitter account. Uh, famously, I think Jordan Peterson got into like a spat with like what he thought was uh, Zizak, but it was just like a Zizak bot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no it's um so anyway it's funny because like he seems like almost a sort of prototype of this current you know because i think of land and dugan and reza as kind of adjacent in a sense um even though obviously land and reza are in a way that with each other in a way that dugan isn't but um but it's it's interesting to see this generation who are kind of participating in this um and then, you know, it just makes me wonder about sort of future generations um, and, you know, to what extent there will be, because, you know, on one hand you have, you know, essentially this very postmodern phenomenon, right? That's like pastiche and reappropriation and repurposing and recycling and everything, right? Um, which makes up a lot of it. But then, you know, I guess I'm just, I'm curious about like the the future of theorizing, you know, in a sense, original theorizing through you know, possibly by means of the meme is kind of my, my yeah. Well, I mean, um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I, 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 I hope academia isn't over. Uh, I think it's you know uh, productive, uh, but yeah, it does, it does, <clears throat> does seem like that. Uh, I mean, Peter uh, Wolfendale is mm-hmm. uh, another philosopher, um, you know, urbanomic guy just yeah. like published like i guess what would have been like a pretty lengthy blog post like uh you know exegesis on like uh francis Lorwell, who's this kind of famously abstract abstruse like french uh theoretician uh, philosopher yeah. but uh yeah no i mean like the the it became like kind of a meme in itself uh because it was just like it, it was a couple days to expand uh, but it was just like i don't know it was a pretty long thread it was pretty epic um although kind of incoherent too but um but yeah that, that's yeah you, you will see i mean that's not maybe not so much a meme itself but uh they definitely probably i mean you know weaponize uh twitter yeah and uh, no, yeah, it's just like the whole, I guess, yeah, people are kind of doing their own thing. Uh, you know, they're starting their Patreons. Uh, they're, they're doing online classes, kind of like para-academic route. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it is, you know I, I welcome this. I, I, I respect the Academy, uh, the rigorousness. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's refreshing that, like, this kind of has a life outside of the, like, the yeah. official... Uh, levers of uh, you know institutional knowledge yeah i mean and i don't know you know it's it, it reminds me of at some point david graber has some comments about how you know basically there there was like no original theory being produced and it was his essential claim that that you know much of like what happened in the humanities and social sciences was just 
this endless game of citation of like the, the sort of you know limited canon of of sort of theory that came out of the 60s 70s mm. you know um basically it, um, you know it, it had become just this purely exegetical exercise right where where nobody was really trying to produce theory anymore right and of um re repurposing that so i mean it's it's interesting that um you know, in some ways, the the kind of culture of recycling and reappropriation and repurposing in the in the sort of meme world is, you know, if if we take that seriously, um, not not entirely distinct from what has been happening in academia, and that's kind of what I was saying about like citational practice. You know, that you you're on one level, you're really not doing anything much different from someone creating a meme when you're just kind of citing certain canonical figures just to kind of right appropriate their aura again <laughs> I was, yeah. this reminds me of um so one meme of yours recently was um the uh you know it was the power handshake but it was obama and you know it was about the obama um autobiography where he's hitting on the girls with the uh the uh, foucault mansions or whatever yeah it's like the power handshake with um you know obama and theory grammars oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was uh obama theory grammar young <laughs> theory grammars pretending to have read french theory to impress the hose <laughs> so but again you know that's uh that's kind of not, you know different from what you do and i can do like in actual you know in sort of <laughs> he's just like me (laughs) but but yeah then there's another passage from Cousset that resonated with that which was um ultimately these student readings of French theory which began with translations published in paperback dog-eared and duly annotated by young enthusiasts and then gave rise to websites displaying their playful and cathartic recycling were were linked to what Michel de Certeau calls reader poaching these readings conditioned by a knowledge that is not known bear witness to this knowledge without being able to appropriate it and become its renters and not its owners creating the margins and art of the in-between a once complicit and fragmented semi-clandestine and highly stylized reading has reading thus becomes a way of turning the theoretical text into a strategic ruse so that's that's the young obama line (laughs) 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 Uh, yeah that's yeah that that fits perfectly Um, I was curious, I, I guess like something I've been thinking about was, um, you know, we, we talked about a couple different, um, theoretical frameworks for kind of theorizing the theory meme. I mean, I've been struck by how much, um, structuralism and sort of, you know, how, how easily it lends itself to this kind of relatively standard structuralist approach. Um, just because really it is a it's a format that just has to do with these kind of um, structures as these kind of empty placeholders that can then be kind of endlessly refilled with different content Um, so that it's a highly formalistic exercise in that sense Um, and so and and that also what that tends to involve is the sort of binary and ternary structures that structuralists were particularly interested in. So, I mean, the power handshake is kind of a good example. Right. Right. Um, 
of the the sort of ternary structure and then you know you think of just many famous meme formats like the distracted boyfriend or whatever <laughs> of that and you know then you have like sort of binary ones where it's you know virgin chad or whatever right enjoyer fan yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean I, I don't know do you have thoughts about that sort of structuralist that, that there's almost kind of a structuralist sensibility that's like present in the enterprise itself Oh yeah, for sh- for, for sure. Um, yeah, that that's one thing. You're, uh, you see a lot. It, it's it's always a binary or or tri. Uh, yeah. Two or it's always the two or the three, and uh, the the two. You know, if you're doing Hegel memes, uh, that's very very easy. Uh, very uh, it lends itself to you know kind of dialectics, even though it's kind of lazy. Uh, but yeah, it, it uh, definitely and. Uh, you know, semi semiotics, uh, the sign, uh, the references, like um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think about like the, more about the kind of the binary structure of it. Uh, it's fun to play with it. Um, it's fun to kind of like invert the expectations. Uh, yeah, like for example, like uh, like the HR one, uh, where it's uh, you know. Some guy, like I saw one uh, the other day. I didn't, I didn't make. I made one similar to this, but like, uh, it, it's, it's like Nick Land. Uh, you know, you know, you know that meme where it's like a woman at her desk, and like the first picture is this like kind of buff guy uh, executive. Anyway, I didn't like, and then like the, I guess like the the woman at the desk is like, oh. Um, so yeah, that's so they they. So I guess that plays on what is acceptable, what is not acceptable, uh, or I guess it's it's more of like an Overton uh, window type meme. Right. But right. but yeah, no, I, I definitely there's there's different way, yeah that that um it's not always just like A versus B, but uh, I don't know you can play with play around with that. So I'm not being too uh, coherent on this one. Um. um. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I mean, it, you know, it, it almost makes me want to, um, I could imagine a sort of Levi Straussian, like, you know, right. att- attempt at a kind of, um, you know, more a kind of unified, like morphology of the meme that would just kind of, right. edit, you know, in, 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 in terms of kind of what he does with mythology, um, just kind of identify these, kind of taxonomize these like basic structures and just, Kind of examine their transformation um i don't know that um you know and the way that that transformation is a kind of working out of an almost sort of combinatory logic or something. right um, right yeah it's in it's in a negotiation with it too it's like uh yeah no, yeah it, it's hard to make those memes like fun because they can be just be so like uh right i, I guess so binary uh, for lack of a better word so like a or b uh you know so it's fun to kind of like play around with that maybe like uh with the expectation of it totally play within like the the limits of it um so what were your uh do you have some i mean i I don't know it's kind of funny to like talk about um visual media and um verbal communication but um we'll do it anyway so do you have any um particular uh favorites of your own 
like recent production that you'd like to highlight? My own, uh, memes? Uh, <laughs> uh, I made one today. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Some of these, they range from like very like theoretical or to like just very uh, even non-theory. I, I've been more and more kind of, I mean, it's hard to come up with like uh, an original theory meme every day. Sometimes you got to like fill it in with like Twitter drama or some other reference to something in the news. And if you can tie it into into theory, even better. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, one I made about uh, Bataille, um, like as, as a sad comer, was, was, was kind of a hit. Uh, and one I made about, this one is a, <laughs> Uh, one of my one I made comparing it didn't it wasn't it didn't get that many likes but because um, it, it's kind of so it, it the from it's a play it's about a QAnon and kind of a comparison to Francis Larwell mm-hmm. uh, which is you know I don't know it, it it's I don't know it, that's kind of I like the the urbanomic jokes yeah yeah um, I don't know yeah just I've I have a lot of a lot of posts on Dugan. People probably uh, like trying to figure out where I, what I am exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Uh, every day I uh, make memes. Um, I see uh, persecution and the art of shit posting, which you must have. <laughs> posted not long before we started Um, ah yes yeah so um i'm also oh i had one question um do you have you been following tiktok much as a medium and do you think it has potential Uh, for um kind of memeing art or i think it does by the amount of tiktok videos i see like on like you know accounts um there used to, there was one, uh, I don't know if she's still active or not. I don't even know if she wants me to shout her out, but um, Thirsty Theory. Yeah, she was really good. That's that's the only um, TikTok meme thing that I, because I was following her on Instagram, but uh, it seems, it was short-lived, right? I mean, she was only yeah. a couple months, but I'm, yeah, those, those were really good. Those were, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably I asked you because like I haven't explored TikTok any further, but like. Me either. I feel like I mean I, I feel old enough on on Instagram. Uh, I, I feel like way I, I feel like way out of my depth on uh, TikTok, but um, I do have I do have it. Uh, I follow like two people. I follow like my fiance and I follow like Mick Mullen. But, <laughs> but no, I, I think I think it does. Um, it, it'll be interesting because it'll be more I guess performative or you know not like making memes i guess or i guess you can incorporate memes in there somehow yeah i, I think i yeah yeah I, I think it uh could i don't know something i could do but um i haven't seen any but you know i don't know i'm not on tiktok that much yeah no i thought thirsty theory was uh showed a lot of potential so i guess yeah we'll wait to see who else uh attempts something similar um, do you have what other favorite accounts would you point uh, interested listeners towards? Uh, all right. Um, well, I guess anybody who follows me uh, probably follows like the Lose and Dragons, uh, Dank the Lose, Smooth and Strided Lanes. Uh, 
fake Nietzsche is really good. Um, uh, Philosopher's Meme 2000, classic. Uh, that's like, that was like the one meme page. That was the one philosophy theory meme page uh, that was like around and established uh, like huge account. They have like almost like a hundred thousand followers. Uh, maybe the closest predecessor uh, that and like maybe a couple other uh, meme counts, but um, sub librarians, uh, is, is it sub sub or sub librarians? Sorry. Sub sub librarians, um, uh, bodiless organs, also cool account. Fake Baudrillard. Fake Baudrillard has another account. Um, oh, funny aside, uh, Fake Baudrillard, uh, Dank Deleuze, and myself, uh, we, we kind of started shitposting on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, just as like, I don't know, a joke uh, and posting screenshots of that. Mm -hmm. uh, probably missing someone. Uh, but yeah, no, those that I mentioned for sure. Uh yeah. Oh, and Tommy Tuna. I don't know if you follow Tommy Tuna. I think not, actually. So. Tommy Tuna Tartar. Um, it, it's not uh, strictly theory. Uh, every now and then you'll see like um, you'll see like a funny CCRU uh, reference or something. But um, <laughs> it, he's like really funny. But he's also like open to like he's like um, I guess he's like he posts a lot about movies and like kind of celebrity culture and like, but also like he has a great feed. And I don't know. I remember seeing a couple months ago, I think what got me interested in, it, I would see like, uh, you know, picture of like uh, Newt Gingrich holding up like a copy of Fang Numina or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a sucker for that, for that, uh, for those types of like photoshops. Yeah. The Fang Numina sort of products placement in, <laughs> context is a pretty inexhaustible no i mean memes uh you know inadvertently or but like they've they've done great for uh urbanomic uh yeah. for that book it's hard it's hard to find it um they keep like selling it you have to go you have to dig deep to to get like a copy they don't sell it on the urbanomic but they do sell it on the uh sequence but um yeah uh, yeah no I, I think i noticed that at some point that it was sold out um it's uh yeah i'm i'm very curious to know just in terms of the whole thing of like you know kind of um reading in order to uh or or you know reading in order to um you know do strategic ruses or whatever <laughs> kind of i'm kind of interested just in the the i'd i'd be curious to get a kind of almost ethnographic like reader reception of the readers of Fang Numina who have been turned onto it by memes. Like, I think that would be a fascinating, <laughs> um, fascinating thing to, uh, you know, or sort of you could, you could interview some of them. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Uh, I, I've had like, oh, sorry. Uh, I've had like, even like, uh, you know, friends, one of the you know few uh, real life friends who, who hung on after I, changed i turned into a meme page uh but they were like you know not of like a theory background or even necessarily like an academic or art background but they just saw these memes and it was like all right i bought i bought a thousand plateaus and uh i i don't know what the hell you're talking about but I, like i just i just i just want to so yeah like i said it's like a positive feedback uh yeah. 
loop that that's what happened with me because like i you know i was interested in theory i read a little bit in college and then uh you know sometime in the mid-aughts like i started seeing these memes and then like i started you know i i, I for like a year or two i like i I, you know, before I even started making the memes or the page, I was just, I started like reading, I, re- I went back and read, read like, you know, blues and made his major works, like a difference in repetition, logic of sense and, you know, the, the, the monographs. And like, I even went back and like, all right, now I'm, now I have to read Hegel and now I have to read Kant and, you know, and, and yeah, it reinforces itself, uh, but yeah, I'm back to doing that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me, it's kind of a, I try to think about it as like di- this concept from Franco Moretti of distant reading, you know, the, the sort of reading without reading or, or reading uh, these kind of, da- you know, aggregated data. Right. So way I think like, you know, memes are sort of offering a, a version of that. Right. Consumers. Um, so do you, as a final thing, uh, do you have any books uh, that you would recommend that people might not, be aware, that were influential on you or that you've discovered recently that, that people might not be aware of? Um, I mean, just in general, uh, uh, as far as memes, I mean, I, I, this is not an original thought, but if you're interested in like this type of thing, uh, I, I would refer people to Jameson, Frederick Jameson. Uh, he has a book on uh, what is it? Uh, the, the, yeah, it's the cultural logic of late capitalism. And there's another one too. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know, the losing Guattari. I couldn't recommend or a thousand uh, more thousand plateaus. Uh, Cyclopedias is is yeah. great. The uh, Reza's like pre like rationalist Hegelian phase. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I can never, I can never recommend enough to lose. I'm kind of one of those annoying uh, the losers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the land of is a thousand years of nonlinear history. Yeah, uh, I still haven't made any memes about that, but that's just ripe for it. Uh, it's, it's good as it introduces like the lose to like kind of a scientific crowd. Why the land isn't memed more actually? Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of them, uh, early ones, but um, yeah, you, you should, deserves. Yeah, so I think we'll wrap up here and um, everyone should check out Beyond Woke and Problematic on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, but especially Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, that's the, uh, the flagship platform. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks so much. All right, thanks for having me on. Yeah, take care. Later.